and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist and personal trainer, and I live on a small hobby farm. I have a huge passion for bodybuilding, but I don't fall into the typical bodybuilding mold. The naysayers, they can have their bro science. Yep, I said it. I'm a natural health and nutrition nerd. Some would call me a granola, but that couldn't be further from the wrong word. I stay away from the typical processed, standard American diet, and I don't eat granola. I created this podcast to share my health journey and the many things I've learned in my quest to find what it takes to live a mindful, happy, balanced life for all humans, not just athletes. I hope to help you discover your inner nerd and help you make some hefty deposits into your knowledge bank account that can help you crack your health code. We are under this like impression in life in general to go like hard, no days off, you know, sleep when you're dead, like, you know, that kind of thing. And, and in the fitness world, it's like times 10. And what we see over and over, as you see with life, if you live your life like that, you burn out, you burn out so whatever mm-hmm. goal you're trying to achieve, whether it's a career goal, education goal, financial goal, it goes kaputs because you've done way too much, Right. And the same thing happens with fitness to, to a greater degree with your body. You can see it manifested even sooner because eventually you just can't move and do anything or it just stops functioning. So all or nothing is definitely something that needs to be curtailed. Uh, looking at things with a more long-term perspective, setting up specific goals that are time bound and, and then chunk, cutting those chunks down into attainable goals over a four week period or a one week period you know, are really important. So that way you can actually achieve what it is that you want. But all or nothing is a really fast way to burn out and actually stay in a state of nothing. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to have you listening today because I have Roxy Beckles on the podcast. Roxy is an IFBB bodybuilding pro. She also is the owner of Rockstar Fitness. And let me tell you, she has some wonderful information out there on YouTube. She is an open book about contest prep, females and fitness, how we feel about our bodies and so many other awesome topics. So I'm excited to have her on the podcast today so we can talk about how important it is to set attainable goals, things that can carry you through for a lifetime, not things like crash dieting and things that are not sustainable and that lead you down um, a bad path later on. So uh, before we get going with the podcast, if you could hit pause right now, go and subscribe to this podcast. Also, if you could leave me a review, um, leave me some stars or leave me a written review, I would be very thankful. Um, I don't do a lot of advertising on this podcast, so um, the reviews and ratings are what makes me visible and so that other people can find this great content. So if you could share, that would be wonderful with your friends. I know if you're on Spotify, you can share to your Instagram stories. I would appreciate all of the love. So without me chattering away much longer, here is Roxy Beckles. So Roxy, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. You are someone that I have watched many, many YouTube videos with um, (laughs) during my hours of cardio, during contest prep. Um, And the reason I reached out to you is because you are all about teaching people lifestyle goals, sustainable ones, not um, abusing your body with hours of cardio because you want to change it. 
and you're all about self-love. And I think that's a really great thing. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. (laughs) So get us going by telling us who you are and what you do. All right. So uh, my name is Roxy Beckles. I am a uh, former competitor and I say former because I don't know if I'm going to ever compete again, but I do still have my foot in the bodybuilding world. I started off um, competing back in 2010 in figure. I turned pro in women's physique in 2013. And by 2014, my rookie season as a pro, I was competing at the Olympia. So it was a really crazy trajectory. Um, you know, but prior to that, I was a professional dancer and I studied ballet and I danced professionally. Uh, you know, I went to the Joffrey School, Alvin Ailey, uh, where else did I go? Dance Theater of Harlem, American Ballet Theater School. So lots of lots of arts in my background. And I was also an actress and a and a um and a model at one point too. So I bring all of that experience, or I brought it all when I was competing, and I bring it to my clients as well to teach them about presence and poise and and really just learning how to stay out of their head and enjoy the process, you know. Um, and now what I do is I um, I still coach women and I, I help them to get ready for, for the stage and try to do it in the healthiest way possible. But I also work with non-competitors um, as well and just helping them to really create a lifestyle um, based around their fitness. And as you were saying, Connie, like uh, the thing for me that's really important is that we're not just focusing on the end result, but how fitness can really impact your entire life and the people around you. And how if you really get connected to your why, why is this important? Why do you why do you have to succeed at this point at this time? Why can't why must you never fail again? And what can you do to make sure that when you get the changes that you keep them for a lifetime, I like to say, we really take a look at that. And it just flips this whole entire journey on its head for a lot of my clients and helps them to discover who they are and to build their confidence and to really just um, start owning their bodies and, and the world around them. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> I love that. You are great by spreading the the important message, you know, um, because a lot of stuff, I like to use the word fake news, especially in social media, which is where a lot of people that are aspiring competitors or just even lear- starting their fitness journey, they kind of get in sucked into that black hole. And mm-hmm. there is a lot of fake news out there. And a lot of pictures that have been photoshopped mm-hmm. or a lot of people posting outside of their prep, you know, like they've been um, they're they're well into their off season, but they're still posting these prep pictures mm-hmm. because that's when they were shredded and they looked great, you know, mm-hmm. which not to say that they don't look great now, but to them, they want to be putting out this um, picture of perfection all the time. Right. And so that's a difficult place for a lot of women, especially because um, you get stuck into the comparison game. Yeah. I mean, it's um, bodybuilding in and of itself is it's an interesting um, it's an interesting uh, activity, I guess you can say, or industry. I was talking to a, a friend of mine who's a she's an IFBB pro as well. Um, And she was, uh, and it all had to do with the whole, like, uh, all of the videos that you see now, everybody's like a work at home expert now, you know, home workout specialist now. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you know, um, and and how there are actually some folks out there trying to, they're they're still going to the gym, or they're still exposing themselves, you know, in ways that are unsafe, that they're trying to tell us to, to be safe around in this time with this coronavirus stuff. And she's like, you know, it's just such, there's so much fake fitness out there. It's like, you know, when are you going to stop the narcissism? 
And there's a lot of narcissism in bodybuilding, a lot of narcissism. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And so I really think it's important for those who are fans of the sport and who, especially when you're heavily involved in social media, to be discerning about who you follow. Because Mm -hmm. um, you get to start comparing yourself to something that isn't even a reality at all. And that's a dangerous game. So, you know, on my end, I try to keep it. I, I mean, listen, I've always worn my heart on my sleeves. I, I, I used to have a, 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 a journal, I guess you can call it, on this now defunct website called Sioux Country. And it was, this, um, it was this website that was specifically for women in the bodybuilding realm. And everybody was on it, like every, the top athletes. And it was a lot of drama. And eventually they took the website down because it was so crazy. But I kept a journal there. And that journal is actually on my website, roxybeckles.com. But I've always been very honest about my process, the the goods, the bads, the uglies, the downs, the ups and everything. And I think that's what makes it more relatable to the average woman watching this. So at least if you stumble across my stuff, I hope to to show you guys like, you know, the realities of my reality and even that of my clients as well. It's not all roses and, and, and rainbows. Sometimes you're going to be up and down. And I think it's better. You can relate better when you see that in somebody else, especially someone who's accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and not everything is perfect in life in general. This is not just bodybuilding. This is not just your career. This is not everything is perfect in life in general. And that's why we just have to um, work towards our own goals and not focus on other people's. I know the same thing with me. Sometimes it's easy for me myself to fall into a rabbit hole via social media. So I have learned that even if somebody is my friend personally, I may not be friend with them, friends with them on social media because I don't want to look at their posts of their physique every day. Right. You right. know, exactly. <laughs> um, and you know, I did kind of make a joke about it a while back because some people post something every single day and they're like, these gains are insane. And it's like, okay, well, what's the difference between yesterday? Right. <laughs> you know? And so at one point I photoshopped a picture of me like (laughs) with all these giant huge muscles (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I was like oh today is different but you know um yeah it it, you it's really great to um if you find yourself scrolling through things definitely and you don't feel a good warm fuzzy feeling about it I think maybe even just muting it for a little while I think you can put like a 30 day mute on it even (laughs) um just something because you know, you got to kind of step outside of that and start working for yourself and not not striving to be somebody else. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I tell that to my clients all the time, the ones that are, you know, uh, more apt to get in their heads when they're online and they're looking at these photos and comparing themselves to other competitors. It's like, you know, sometimes it's really good to just, you know, uh, unfollow or if you don't want to unfollow, just mute somebody's profile. You can do it both on Instagram and on Facebook. So you don't see things for for a short period of time until you can really get a hold of that. And I guess, I mean, social media media is just insidious in that way anyway. I mean, that's kind of how it's designed to just show you the pretty things. Um, But at the same time, it can also be very detrimental because you never know what's on the other side. And and that's one thing I want women to realize is that like people are only showing you what they want to show you. They're not showing you all of the truth. They're not showing you exactly, you know, when they're falling on the floor in the morning in fetal position because they're so hungry and they're because they're so shredded and lean. They're not showing you that part. They're just showing the flexing part in the mouth, in the mirror. Like, Oh, I look great. It's like, no, honey, you don't feel great though. You know, you don't. And I think if we actually talked about that more often, it would just make 
it would make things more realistic in the sport. So many women have this lofty idea of how they should be looking and how shredded they should be at this point and not. And it's just like, yeah, let's really talk about that. So yeah, social media has its positives. Like you can find like, you know, like Connie found me on social media, you know what I mean? Um, but it also has its negatives if you, if you're not careful. Absolutely. And, you know, I find it funny that you're, you know, you're so transparent with things. I'm kind of the same way myself. There was actually at one point in my prep last year where I felt like death and it's pretty hilarious because I have my suit on. It's 3 a.m. because I'm a super early riser and I had to get check-in photos in and I'm in my suit and my hair is just like so messed up. And so you see me walk out and my stomach is so bloated, right? You know, I walk out, you can see the video recording and then I back up and I get into my front pose and it's like all of a sudden I went from looking like this total slump, homeless, you know, just totally uncontrolled everything, Mm -hmm. right? Into my front pose, which was a totally different look within a a split second. And I said, this is how I look in real life when I am not flexed, you know? I mean, I don't, if you're not flexed, you may not have that six pack or twisting your waist a certain way or whatever, even when you're stage lean, you know? So it was a really great indication um, of what real and what fake news is. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. um, But anyway, today, um, you have a lot of wonderful information on attainable fitness goals. And so today I was hoping we could talk about, you know, exercising because we love ourselves, not exercising because we hate ourselves, because that's another place where there's a lot of um, information out there that is incorrect. I mean, if you talk to a lot of people, they're going to tell the average person off the street that's looking to uh, accomplish weight loss that they need to eat in this huge deficit and do hours of cardio in order to achieve their goals. And I just don't think that that's true. Yeah. um, And I think that, you know, it's, it's, it's no one's, it's no one's fault in, in the grand scheme, except for the fact that you can place it on the heads of the, of those that run, you know, aspects of the fitness and diet industry, because the more naive you are about the process, the more money they get to make off of you. It's a billion dollar industry. You know, so I've always been about the, the reason why I, I I share the way that I do and the way that I approach things when it comes to actually making this a lifestyle is because I've always been dedicated from day one of my fitness career. I've been training seven. I want to set my clients free. Like, that's what I'm here for. I don't want someone who's going to stay with me forever and ever. It's like, you know, at some point you need to be able to fly. You need to be able to fly, even though right now you're barely sitting up and turning over, you know, on your own weight. So there are a lot of myths out there. There are a lot of half-truths, let's call them, when it comes to what gets results. One of those half-truths that you have to be in extreme, in an extreme uh, caloric deficit in order to see adequate weight loss or doing hours of cardio. Well, I mean, yeah, you need to eat in a deficit and some people may need more cardio than the others. Some people don't need it at all, but, you know, learning what works for your body is what's going to help you to get the results that you want and then teach you the the behaviors, the patterns and the actions that are needed in order to stay there for the long term. And that's the stuff that the industry doesn't want to teach you because then somebody isn't making continual money, <laughs> you know? So it's all, it's all an interesting thing, 
you know? So the more I can, I can shine a light for other women and make the light bulb go, go off, the more I feel like I'm at least living in my purpose in that. Right. And, you know, that's another thing is like, then you do have people that are in the fitness industry already. Um, by industry, I mean, like they're they're they have coaches, they are in the gym every day, they're living the fitness dream, right? But then they're like, Oh, my gosh, I've got to go to the gym and work off all that pie that I ate at my brother's birthday last night. <laughs> and I think that's a horrible way to think about things, because that's basically self punishment. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, I always tell my clients in that case, it's like, listen, metabolism isn't black or white. You can't just magically erase calories. <laughs> like you really can't. So it's like, you know, uh, it's learning to have a balance and it's learning. It's, it's, it's actually, it's a rewiring of the way that you approach things and the way you think. And it's really learning. It's actually learning the foundations of nutrition, you know, so that way when you do fall off the wagon, quote unquote, or if you have a cheat or something like that. You're not freaking out, you know, but yeah, I'm definitely of that school of thought. It's like, eh, sorry, you can't magically erase calories. It doesn't quite work like that. Just get back on plan the next day and rock it out and you'll be fine. You know, and, and the more you can embrace that kind of a mindset, I think the better you'll be for the long term. Yes, absolutely. And then how do you feel about the all or nothing mentality? Because I find that's another big thing is somebody will get started on their journey, whether it's, um, you know, just dedicating themselves to eating better, or going to the gym, they'll go all in. But then if they miss one day, they're like, Oh, well, screw it. And then they just kind of fall off the wagon that way. Um, how do you feel about that kind of mentality? Well, it's not a good one. But the truth of the matter is so much of our society in general runs on extremes. So it's no wonder that we, uh, we see that in, in our fitness lives as well. It's like, um, you know, it's again, it comes down to that thing about lifestyle and balance. We're taught again. I keep saying we're taught because so much of this stuff, once you fitness is a small um, is a small segment of the entire dichotomy of life, you know, and everything that you believe and the extremes that you that you live outside of your fitness life kind of like manifest themselves in your fitness and also like it's like times 10 all of a sudden. So we, 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 we are under this like impression in life in general to go like hard, no days off, you know, sleep when you're dead, like, you know, that kind of thing. And, and in the fitness world, it's like times 10. And what we see over and over, as you see with life, if you live your life like that, you burn out, you burn out whatever mm -hmm. goal you're trying to achieve, whether it's a career goal, education goal, financial goal, it goes kaputs because you've done way too much. Right. And the same thing happens with fitness to, to a greater degree with your body. You can see it manifested even sooner because eventually you just can't move and do anything or it just stops functioning. So all or nothing is definitely something that needs to be curtailed. Uh, looking at things with a more long-term perspective, setting up specific goals that are time bound and, and then chunk cutting those chunks down into attainable goals over a four week period or a one week period, you know, are really important. So that way you can actually achieve what it is that you want, but all or nothing is a really fast way to burn out and actually stay in a state of nothing. And I love that you said that because recently I had Brad Kearns on my podcast and he's an incredible individual. Um, he was a professional triathlete for nine years and he, um, 
he says you can only go with the gas pedal down for so long before you spin out and you crash absolutely and so he also encourages um you know setting small goals achieving them you know and then if you do have a mishap one day then don't lose your mind over it just start over the next day and it's a new day and don't worry about what happened in the past absolutely absolutely i mean because the more you beat yourself up about mishaps and all that other stuff the more you just set yourself up for uh failure because then it then then it does it's not even a thing about your body and how your body responds it's actually just it's a mental thing it's a it's a mindset thing it's a motivation thing you get in your own head you self-doubt and then you implode So it's really going to be important for folks to really just uh, learn how to have that balance. And balance is key, I feel, in my life now. I mean, the way I live my life now is very different than where I I was uh, when I was competing at the top of my game. Like, I am a completely, like, 180 different person, in fact. So when I say these things, I say them from a place of actual, like, uh, experience. (laughs) Like, I've been there. I know you know, and I've been able to achieve more with my body and have a sense of um, uh, just enjoyment in all of it by having that balance in my life, living a lot more simply, being more introspective and and that sort of thing. And I love that you said that because that's kind of almost the exact place where I am at is, you know, when I was competing and I was really pushing it hard, gas pedal to the floor all the time, I definitely learned some things about myself, you know, and I learned what is actually attainable and what is not. And I think we, you know, it's a misnomer that if you are, you work out in the gym and you eat certain way that you can just look shredded all the time. And that's just totally not a real female physique. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So I think bringing that to the table, you know, and, and being like, Hey, um, this is what a real female body looks like. Even a fit one is a really big thing because not everybody walks around looking like a babe, a Baywatch babe all the time. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes down to genetics, you know, and being able to look at where you are and and being able to, in some ways, accept the genetics genetics that you handed down. Now, that doesn't mean that you sit back and get out of shape, but you try to push yourself to that limit in which, you know, is the the upper echelon of what you can do for yourself. So, um, you know, that that definitely plays a role in it. I mean, I think that it is I don't think there's anything wrong with people who like to be fit and lean all year round. That's how I like to be. I like to be lean. I like to but I don't like to be shredded lean. Like I don't want to look like a contest ready competitor. But I like to be mm-hmm. very athletic. I want to see, you know, a flat stomach, a tight waist and, you know, tight legs. I want to be able to wear the clothes I like to wear. And, and that's important. But un- understanding mm-hmm. how to get there in a way that's sustainable is more important because particularly for women, we don't think about this when we're younger. And I don't know, um, you know, the demographics of your audience, but the, the younger folks out there in your you know, 20s and stuff like that, particularly, I mean, you don't think about anything like at all about the future of your body. Like it just, it just, it's inconceivable. You can't even think of yourself being 32 years old, you know? Um, And then when you hit your 30s, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, there's still that sense of invincibility. Um, It's not until I think you hit your mid to late 30s and I I just turned 40 this year. So it's just kind of like, you know, um, 
I don't want to be crazy like that. I don't want that crazy. So how do I find that balance? How do I maintain this body that I've worked over 20, 30 years of my life to have? And how do I maintain that in a way that's sane? And so that's really the more important thing. And, and to the younger audience, I say to them, you know, if I were talking to my younger self, I'd say, keep doing what you're doing, just do it more healthy and stop driving yourself freaking insane. Like seriously, you know? <laughs> so, um, but this fitness stuff, it's, it's interesting. And, and it's not just about the diet and training. It's all about the mindset and, you know, how you, how this is impacting how you feel about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a crazy, um, it's crazy the categories you get put into by the general public. I know myself, I'm a very fit, athletic person. Um, And, you know, everybody's like, oh, in our area or people that know me, they're like, oh, yeah, she's that bodybuilder, you know, like, (laughs) um, but then if they saw me in public, you know, just doing my normal thing and in a non-contest prep type season, you know, in my off season, I don't think there's anything special about myself. You know, I'm in good shape, but there, it's not like somebody, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've run into. They're like, I thought you were some bodybuilder or something. And it's like, um, yeah, I am, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is what I look like when I'm not extremely shredded, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there is this, um, there is just because you're, I guess there is a common misnomer as to what fit looks like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it, it, I mean, that's a hard, that's a hard one kind of, because I think that when you compete I and mean, once you open that door and you get on that stage and you do it publicly in a way that other people watch you get there, um, you know, they've seen you in your peak conditioning. They've seen you in your shredded peak, peak uh, you know, peak conditioning. And most people don't realize or understand how hard it takes to get there or the work it is and how hard it is to stay there. The fact that you can't. So Comments from the regular everyday people are kind of like that just because they're just completely um, unaware of the process. But I think the double-edged sword for the competitor is that like, not only do you have that coming in because that can play with your head, but also you know what you look like in peak conditioning. And it's hard, once you've ever been there, it's really hard to ever look at yourself normally ever again. (laughs) So, yeah, but I do think, and, you know, someone had remarked about this on my uh, either YouTube channel, Instagram sometime, I don't know which one of those social media things that recently, um, how it's like, you know, how I've been, how they admire that I've been able to maintain a body that's still, you can look at me and say, yeah, you work out like you're athletic, like, you know, do you compete kind of thing. Um, and I think that that is attainable for many competitors, no matter where they started, but it's just really about how to bring that about in a way that works for them. So don't drive yourself crazy. I also say don't, you know, for competitors, I'm like, don't get all uncomfortable and like look all crazy. I mean, you've just been on a stage and you call yourself an athlete. You better maintain a lifestyle that can help you to look good throughout the year and not blow up. So I think it's a, it's, it's possible. But a lot, again, it comes down to mind, mindset shifting. It comes down to having a game plan. It comes down to goal setting and really just making this your lifestyle point blank period, not just a couple of weeks that you're going to be on a stage and then God knows what happens after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing is like some people, I think there's a misnomer that, um, you know, once you compete, you can, you've gotten to that shape, you can stay that way. And that's not that's not the truth you know what I mean so um you know and I mean the same thing with me just like you is right now I mean I'm I 
to fit people, I'm a fit person. You know what I mean? But to the outside world, it's like, um, people are like, Oh, I thought you, uh, you worked out, you know, like sometimes people don't realize. And so definitely once you're a competitor, that can be something that's a little bit tricky to navigate. Yeah, it can be, it can be. But I think, um, like I said, I mean, it's just a matter of getting down to particularly when you get off stage, uh, is having a game plan in place. You know, when my competitors are done, we, we reverse diet right away. First of all, we actually meet right after the show, like the Monday after, talk about the experience, what happened. You know, I look at their, I tell them to take video and pictures for me to evaluate to see how they did. And then um, we go right into a reverse diet and then focus on really like, okay, how are we going to get you to a place where you're able to build from here, but also maintain what it is in your idea that, that is attainable and sustainable, rather sustainable over time. And once you get that down, I think that it becomes an easier game. But you have just like you have your plan going into the thing, you got to have your plan going out of the show. So, yeah. Absolutely. If you have a coach, if you're listening to this and you have a coach that does not have a reverse plan and has not talked about post-show, then you should find another coach. Yeah, I mean, well, unfortunately, there's Uh, a lot of folks out there that don't have that luxury. So, yeah. Yeah. Because that's a very important aspect across the board with a competitor is because uh, mentally, physically, everything about that, you need to have somebody that's there backing you up because, um, you know, especially coming out of a show, you you almost have a morphed sense of what look, you know, looks okay. And what doesn't because you've been lean for a, quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, so, and there's a lot of emotions and things that happen after a show, you know, you've worked so hard to get to this point. You've, um, pushed through times of, you know, being so tired, you can barely do your cardio, you know, hungry, you know, uh, and you know, it's definitely when it's all over with, it's kind of like, wow, what happened? You know, I think there's like a such thing as post-show depression, (laughs) you know, not postpartum, but post-show depression, because, you did work so hard towards something and then all of a sudden now it seems to be gone. There is. And, um, you know, that's where, again, goal setting comes into the framework, you know, because what kept you fueled on was the fact that you had a goal. It's like, you had a goal, you had a date. That's like goal setting one-on-one. You had, you had something to aspire to, you had a date and a deadline to do it by, and you put the steps together to make it happen. So once that's done, you kind of have to do the same thing, um, in other aspects to keep you going. And that's one thing for a lot of competitors who tend to be, you know, in off season or if you quit competing afterwards, whatever, you take a break. A lot of times I think people or people in general, not just women, uh, people in general feel like, wow, like I don't really have the motivation like I did before. How do I find that? And a lot of it, again, it comes down to being able to set goals along the way. I do an eight week goal setting um, protocol with all of my clients every uh, every other month. So I we sit down, we look at what what are we going to achieve eight weeks from today, and we look at a mindset goal, a, a nutrition and training goal. We also look at uh, quantifying strength. So if you want to get stronger, well, let's let's go ahead and set some markers. So for us, we look at, you know, uh, how much, how much are you squatting right now? How many reps are you doing it for? What do you want to complete in eight weeks? And we do that for the squat, the bench press, the uh, deadlift. And uh, uh, I think either I let them choose lat pull downs or, or pull ups, whatever, you know, having those goals for them has helped them to just come out of that, the back end of a prep and to be able to say, okay, you know what? 
I, I want to focus on this next. And then once you get up to that eight week bridge, it's like, okay, let's look back. What were you able to accomplish? What, what, what did we say we wanted to do then? Did we do that? Okay, fantastic. What are we going to do next in this next eight weeks? Boom. And it's just like kind of setting yourself up in that way is a great way for keeping yourself in check, keeping yourself accountable. And just like, again, just being able to keep your motivation after the show is done so you don't get out of shape, you don't get uncomfortable, you don't start feeling depressed about not having anything to focus on. You kind of just kill it all, you know, all those birds with one stone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and for our non-competitors as well, um, it's it's not too much different than that. Like when you begin your journey, you need to set goals that are attainable. Absolutely. I mean, I do the same process with my non-competitors as well. So one of the things I, I, I recognize as a coach when I was, you know, really like just like mm, this is good going back a couple of years now because we've been doing this for quite some time. But before I had started introducing goal setting as a specific part of the way that I approach my coaching uh, practice, my clients uh, that were non-competitors, I noticed, you know, they they had their, they knew what they wanted to do, but they didn't have that same like urgent drive that my competitors had because we had a date. So that's where that kind of popped up for me. It was like, oh, you know what? Let me do this eight week goal setting cycle for everyone. And it really changed the game for all of them. So this is stuff that applies to competitors or non-competitors alike. If you are a human being and you want to work out, you want to do some things to challenge your fitness, then that advice is definitely for you. Absolutely. I love that. So um, for a non-competition um, client, what are some of the goals that you like? It's to really set? up to them because it's not for me to tell them what they what they want and what they desire. The first question I ask them is, what are you unhappy mm-hmm. with? What is it that we're, what is it that we need to change? What is it that when you, when you're really looking at your deepest hearts of hearts that you really wish that you could change about yourself right now? What keeps you up at night? And once we're able to, to establish that, then it goes into creating that roadmap to get all of those problems out of the way, to give them the solutions to that. And then I make them write out it, mm-hmm. what I call a claim to great, greatness statement. Once we hash it all out, okay, this is what we're going to do. Boom, boom, boom. Again, we look at three areas, training, nutrition, and mindset. We're going to go ahead and, and set goals within that. Then I might make them write out a statement. In eight weeks, I'm going to accomplish blank. And they can fill in that blank with however, whatever words they want. I, make it, I tell them to make it a paragraph that hits them in the gut. And then after that, they also have to acknowledge, if I don't accomplish this, this is what I stand to lose. Because there has to be something that's going to push you forward that's not going to allow you to just slack off. It can't be something like, oh, I want to lose, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds in, in eight weeks. Okay, let's get, let's cut the BS and let's get to the heart of it. I want to lose 10 pounds because right now I don't feel good when I look in the mirror. I don't feel good in my own clothing. My clothes don't fit. They're sitting in the back of the closet. And I know that if I can at least get back into those, I would feel amazing. Now, when you set a goal like that, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that hits me in the gut. It means something. If I don't achieve those things, this is Mm -hmm. what I stand to lose. I stand to to still feel the same way I've been feeling for the last 10 years on this low yo-yo diet. And I don't want to be there anymore, you know? So when you look mm-hmm. at goal setting as, as as really speaking to your why, why is this important and not the superficial, you know, surface like, oh, I just want to like, I just want to like lose 10 pounds and get into my bikini, you know, that kind of thing. When you go deeper, mm-hmm. yeah, it just 
makes it all come together. So with my non-competitors, that's also something that really works. It works with, again, anyone can do this. You can be competitor or not. It doesn't matter. Get to the reasons why. Yeah. Then it all just unfolds. Then it's just my job to extract it and give you the solution to how to get there. Absolutely. I love that. Um, so do you notice sometimes when you have competitors and they do this, why, um, is it always about themselves or is it for outside reasons? Have you ever run into a, you know, Not at issue all, with because that? there's no limits as to what I, what I say, some, something should matter to someone, you know, cause we're all different and our motivations mm-hmm. are all different. So if it's something that's self-motivated, that's totally great. You know, for some other folks, it has mm-hmm. to do with being a shining example for their son or, or, or daughter to to show them what's possible when you really dare to dream and you go after what you want. For others, you know, I have a lot of fitness professionals who work with me, which is, you know, I feel like always a testament to someone's work when you work with industry colleagues. Uh, for them, it's a matter of just like mm-hmm. being able to, 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 to stand by what they believe in and what they what they're trying to share with their audiences and their clients. I'm really just walking the walk and talking the talk, you know, so everyone has their own motivation. So, and I don't put it down if it's something that's a purse that's personal and self-focused. Sometimes that's what it's about. And if that's the impetus to get you to get up and do what you have to do, then that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So if anybody is listening to this and they're just getting started in their fitness journey or their health journey, what is the number one word of advice you um, would give Life them? is short. Shut up and do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's pretty much. Simple. I mean, life is too short. I mean, we, we, I know that, you know, you probably want to share this content well beyond this time period that we're sitting in right now, but I can't, I can't ignore the fact that we are, definitely in the middle of a pandemic right now. And and even as people listen to this in the future, as a voice from the past, it's like, we're living in a situation where any one of us can actually go outside regardless of your age and get sick and literally die. You know what I mean? And so when yeah. you think about it in that respect and how many people have already lost their lives unexpectedly, like literally you were fine last week and then a week later you can't breathe the next day you, you have, you're no longer here. So it's like, Get up, whatever is on your heart, and just do it and find a way to make it happen and know that you're going to fail along the way. But failure just failure isn't failure unless you never get back up again. You know, even if you don't fully succeed in the way that you intend, you'll learn a lesson from it and it might spark something else within you. So get up, shut up, and just do it. Life is too short to, to sit back and wonder what if. I absolutely love that you said that because, um, you know, in this past year, I had a 66 year old client come up to me and she wanted to do a bodybuilding show. And uh, she was, I, I said, well, I don't know that I can have you ready for the show that you want to do. And I said, if you're not ready, do you still want to do it? And she said, I want to do it. She said, even if I'm not ready, I want to step on that stage because tomorrow is not promised. I'm 66 years old. I've had a lot of health conditions. And <laughs> right now is the time. So I want to just do the best that I can um, and then step on stage and show my family and my friends and everybody out there that a 66-year-old diabetic woman can get on stage and lose all this weight and just look great. And she's like, so even if I'm not comparable to everyone else, I don't care because I'm 
not doing it to compare myself to others. I'm doing it to show people that they can Absolutely. go after their goals. Absolutely. And I think that's a crucial, um, that's, that's crucial. And I think that it's an inspirational thing. Um, simply because it, it, again, it shows a, a goal that is not just for herself. It is for herself, but it's also something that can impact others, which I think is fantastic because we all have stories to share and we all have stories to tell. And we all have something about us that someone else can relate to that can impact somebody else's life. And you never know who that person is. Sometimes they don't even say things to you. They just watch, you know, and you could be somebody right now who's in the middle of, I don't know, Wichita, Kansas or somewhere in some little small gym uh, in your, in your hometown and somebody is sitting there looking at you from the treadmill and they see you going through this transformation that inspires them. And here you are the whole time, not knowing that somebody else is watching you. And so we all mm-hmm. have a, an opportunity to uh, in, inspire others and by way of our own stories. So get out there and just live life and do what you want. And, and, um, don't worry about anything else. If it's on your heart, make it happen. I love that. Well, how can people find you if they are looking to look further into some of your stuff? I know you have yeah. a wonderful YouTube the easiest way channel. to kind of centrally get everything, you know, whether it's contest prep stuff or trying to find my YouTube channel or any of that stuff is to come by my website which is Rockstar Fitness, R-O-X-S-T-A-R Fitness.com. That's all one word. So they can go there and, uh, you know, all my stuff about, you know, if they wanted to like, oh my God, I want to work with this girl for coaching. It's all right there. Um, the, but alternatively, it's funny because today I'm actually relaunching my set, my other website, which is my personal website, which is my personal blog where I'm, I, I have actually, we are sitting in, in, in 2020 right now. And it's 2010 is when I started competing. And I was just looking through my blog today. It's like every, every journal entry I had when I first started competing, like all of my thoughts, everything is there. So that's a really great wealth of information for competitors to kind of sit through and read somebody else's experience from an amateur all the way up to the, the Olympia. And, uh, and also I am, again, my life is very centered right now and very like, it's very different than it was when I was competing so I have a lifestyle blog and you can come to my personal website for that. I'm going to be relaunching that. Um, by the time you probably put this out, it'll be ready, but it's Roxy Beckles, R-O-X-I-E-B-E-C-K-L-E-S, roxybeckles.com for my personal blog and some other like, you know, useless word vomit from my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And you know, that, that definitely takes some gumption to put all of those contest prep diaries out there because Man, I don't know if anybody would want to read mine. They, there's some pretty interesting stuff in there. So, um, I yeah, I mean, actually, it was already awesome. it was already out there. That um, website that I had mentioned earlier, that was that big website for female um, competitors. This is going back. I mean, they were they had been around for a number of years before they closed it down, and a lot of competitors kept journals there and I had my journal on there, but right, right before they, they shut it down, I had my assistant go in and just literally download all of my stuff. I was like, put it on my website. So yeah, it's all out there. And, and, and what was great is that like people were reading that at the time and it was helping them. And actually those very same um, entries helped me to build up my, my, my actual coaching business, which was crazy. 
But um, yeah, so it's all there. Roxy Beckles, R-O-X-I-E-B-E-C-K-L-E-S. If you want to read all that and, uh, and in any of my new stuff that I've been up to, you know, my gardening and my fashion sense and all this other stuff, because I love vintage fashion, that'll all be over there. But my coaching website and everything conscious prep fitness diet, that's, got, that's at rocks, Rockstar Fitness, R-O-X-S-T-A-R fitness.com over there. Awesome. Well, I'll have you send all that info to me as well. I'll place it in the show notes in case somebody needs to look back on that. And then that will make Absolutely. it easy for them just to click and find it. And I am so thankful you came on and chatted with me today. I love chatting with like-minded um, individuals and people that have also gone the places that we've gone. That's also a, it's Absolutely. always makes for a great chat. So I appreciate you, I appreciate you, coming you having me. me today. Well, everybody, that about wraps up my episode with Roxy. It was fantastic to have her on the show to talk about setting goals and things that are really important when it comes to fitness. And so I will include all of her information in the show notes. And that way you can look her up if you want. Uh, Follow her on Instagram. She has a great platform um, with wonderful information. So um, same thing with her YouTube channel. There's a lot of stuff to be learned there. And I think uh, that's a great place to go for anybody that's just starting their fitness journey. Anyway, I'm so thankful that you tuned in today and I look forward to sharing next episode with you.